Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Lots of fun, frivolity, and sports in that order going on so far today. But we're going to change that up here and get into some more sportsy stuff. Greeny and the hashtag crew, Bubba and Cam in Bristol. Mr. Spock is sitting here alongside to my left. We have decided that today. If, if, if for anyone who knows Star Trek knows what that reference is, Hembo is a Vulcan. And I think that's what it is. A Vulcan, Spock, on that show, Leonard Nimoy, played a character who was not a human. He was from a different planet and was a Vulcan. And they were devoid of emotion. So his, his he was just pure, actually, the more I think about this, the more perfect it is for you. And I actually think you would like it. I would like Star Trek? I, well, no, I think you would like Mr. Spock. I think you might like Star Trek. I don't know. But you you would like being Spock. Or you, you, would, you would appreciate, I think, rather than be insulted by the comparison. Because that really is how he lived his life. He, he, was, he was analytics before there were analytics. Spock was all about the numbers. It was just pure logic. Anything that defied logic wouldn't make sense to him. And a great many scenes on that show would, would, be, would sort of be on that theme. Like, well, why is he re- behaving that way? It is devoid of logic. And people would say because he's emotional, whatever it might be. You don't understand the way people think because you are a Vulcan. We have finally uh, correctly analyzed you. That said, it does drive me crazy to say that I think you might be onto something with your NCAA tournament idea. So if you were with us the last couple of days, Hembo broke out an idea for something that I have always been against, and that is the expansion of the NCAA tournament. And I've been against it for one primary reason. If I have a campaign in life as a sports observer and and commentator, it is that I believe we must preserve the meaning of the regular season. I want anything that makes regular season more important, regular season games more important. It's been my biggest criticism of the NBA with the tanking and the resting, and they have, to their everlasting credit, addressed that, at least in the league office, as much as they possibly can, and all the rest of it. Baseball, I think, has done a very good job of increasing the significance of the regular season despite adding more playoff teams. They've done it really well. That, that's sort of my thing. And my concern has always been that while the NCAA tournament is a magnificent sporting event and maybe the best sporting event we have, there may be nothing that American sports fans enjoy, including the Super Bowl, more than we enjoy those first four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Who doesn't look forward to that? It's awesome. It's epic. It is the reason that everyone gets their, all of the the men get their vasectomies that week because you're going to sit on the couch with a can of, you know, with a a bag of frozen vegetables in your lap and you're going to watch the the tournament. I didn't, by the way. I came in the next day and worked both. I did the day after my vasectomy, I did Mike and Mike and I did SportsCenter. It's exactly right. Hmm. But I digress. Anyway. That's how much we like the NCAA tournament. Sorry, I lost myself in that thought <laughs> for a minute there. Sour grapes. But anyway, yes, my grapes were less sour after the experiment. But anyway, the experience. But anyway, the point of it is this. Stop, stop distracting me, you Vulcan. Anyway, my biggest concern is that the college basketball season seems so unimportant because so many teams get into the tournament as it is that the games just don't seem important enough. So if you're watching... Let's just use college football as an example. If Alabama's the number one team in the country and they're playing Ohio State and they're the number two team in the country in October, I know these things don't usually happen, but just go with me. 
That would be the biggest game of the year. It would be unbelievable because the stakes would be so high. If Kentucky is the number one team in the country and Kansas is the number two team in the country and they play each other in January, the stakes are almost nothing. The reality is it might be a really good game and both teams will want to win and, the, and their fan bases will get into it, but the actual uh, stakes of it will be minuscule, comparatively speaking. So I've always just assumed, well, if you just add more teams, that's going to just make it worse. Hembo is a pretty good plan. And so for those who've not heard it, give us the, as quickly as you can, sum up your plan because it actually addresses my biggest concern. Yes, here's the elevator pitch. Uh, Right now we have a 68-team tournament. I would like to expand it to 112 teams. So we're adding 44 teams to the tournament. Those 112 teams are going to play, but the top 16 of which, the the top 16 teams in the country, and so four teams per region, are going to receive first round buys to the round of 64. And so we're going to have 96 teams play Tuesday and Wednesday of the opening week to get down to 48. Those 48, you add to the 16 teams that receive a buy. And so you start the round of 64 on Thursday like we always have done and like we have known and loved. So essentially you'd be adding Tuesday, Wednesday games in similar format, basically identical format to what we have become accustomed to on Thursday and Friday. You are giving a huge advantage to the a, a, a walk into the second round by for the 16 best teams in the country. So those teams do have a lot to fight for in that point. You're also, now the teams that you're going to include are generally going to be the seventh best team from the Big East and the ninth best team from the Big Ten. And those are all going to be pretty good teams. Good enough that those games, for the most part, on Tuesday and Wednesday will still be fun to watch. And you still have the, the flavor. My favorite, one of my favorite things about the NCAA tournament is you get the Cinderella's. You get the Vermont's and the Hamptons and the, all these teams that wind up getting in there and take their shot. And every year, one of them has their one shining moment and whatever it might be. I think it actually isn't a terrible idea. And there are some voices that you know and you listen to who are on your side, not necessarily reacting to your plan, but to the idea of tournament expansion. We had Billis on here yesterday. He was steadfastly against it. He didn't really give a reason. For the most part, he just basically said, I don't like the idea of expanding it. I think there were too many teams in it already, and I don't like it. He didn't seem to hate your idea. He just doesn't like the idea of expansion. Jim Beheim, Hall of Fame coach, who took his team to the tournament, I don't know, probably 35 times or something like that, was on the Dan Patrick Show. Here's what he said. It doesn't hurt a thing to expand the tournament. If anything, in the first round, you get the bad teams out. You'll end up with a better 68 or 64 if you do it that way. You get more fan bases involved. You get more players in the tournament. And you don't hurt the tournament at all. What if we were still where we started at 12? John Wooden was a great coach. We were at 16. He didn't want to expand. Best coach ever in history, right? Oh, we don't need to expand. Well, then we went to 32, 48, 60. Is the tournament as good now or better? It's better. So those are all, look, I have great respect for Jim Beheim, And the points he makes are pretty good. I am old enough to remember a time before the tournament was 64 teams. I still remember Mark Aguirre was on DePaul. Look this up. Mark, Mark Aguirre was on DePaul, and they were the number one team in the country, and they lost in the first round back long before this tournament was what it is. I mean, that, that was at a time when I don't even know if the game was on television. 
Um, but they lost in the first round, and it was a very big deal. And uh, there definitely weren't 64 teams in the tournament at that point. Are you finding that real quick there? You're saying DePaul lost? DePaul lost in the first round. And I'll it, have to find that. Upset. I don't see it immediately. I believe they were the number one team in the country. I hope I'm not misremembering that because th- that will make me feel like I'm getting old again. I keep, I keep, I'm 100% sure I remember this. So if I'm wrong, I'm going to be really upset. Just give me a sec. You're not finding DePaul losing a game as the number one team in the country in the tournament? Uh, just give as, me one as, sec. 1981. Is that sound right? 1981? They were the number one team in the country and they lost in the first round? It looks like to St. Joseph's. There you go. Why, why is it that Cam was able to find that so quickly, Baba, well, and you weren't? It says uh, Mideast Regional second round. But, but they had gotten a bye to the second round. That's go. the point. So their there first was round. No, there was weren't, no – there weren't a, a, the, the right number of teams for that, right? It was their first game, even though it was not – am I remembering this right? Yes. It looks like the, the appearances were – were vacated, which is why I, it oh. didn't come up immediately on the okay. reference page. Yeah. But but either way, it still happened. Well, so the so so the point I'm making is, and I I, I probably detra- distracted us more from it than I needed to, is that this tournament has not always been 64 teams. So now I find myself sitting here arguing against myself. Here's my question, Bubba and Cam, you're smart people. Would Hembo's plan make the regular season? Better or worse? That's what I want to know. Because what Beheim is saying is this doesn't hurt the tournament at all. No one is suggesting it hurts the tournament. I totally understand. But we, what I'm saying is we can't just build everything around the tournament. The sport is not – It does. no one wants to only matter for three weeks. They play a five-month season. Right. They, they need to give us a reason to pay attention to the other four months. So – to me, it's not enough, Coach, to just say it doesn't hurt the tournament. I get that. What does it do to the regular season? What I sort of like about Hembo's idea is I can see an argument to be made that it enhances the regular season. Which way do we go here? Cam Bubba, does Hembo's idea make the regular season in college basketball more or less interesting to you? I do like that there are incentives there, so it's not just okay, all you guys are getting in, so don't worry about it anyway. There's ways to get buys. There's ways to get you know higher seating still. I, I don't even know if I necessarily agree with the fact that no one is against the expansion itself, even if you don't factor in the regular season, because I think some people just like it not having such a muddled and deep field that there is actually some kind of pairing down you can do. Obviously, that factors in the regular season, from the regular season to the tournament, and they like the happy medium. I think just because we looked in the past and said, you know, if we had said we shouldn't do expansion when there were 12 teams, then we shouldn't be saying that now. I don't think that kind of adds up because you do get to these happy mediums where 40-something percent of the teams are making it in in the pro sports, and I understand it's a lot less since there are so many college teams. I don't think that argument holds up so well. I think we're at a good in-between where people that follow college basketball throughout the season, many people obviously jump in in March, but people that follow college basketball throughout the season get their incentives in the regular season, you get everything you need, and you have the the right amount of tournament teams. I think 112 is still too many. If you include the play-in, Let's just compare college basketball to pro basketball. Let's go as apples to apples as we can. Not compare it to pro football or baseball, but compare it to pro basketball. If you include the play-in, we allow 20 teams in the NBA. What percentage is that? Two-thirds, 67%. It's exactly 66.7%. Yeah. Cam, what percentage do you think right now the 68-team field makes up the entirety of Division One men's basketball? I understand it's low. Just answer I know the question. 
Okay, it's I don't know. Answer the question. Twenty percent. Yep, it's nineteen percent. Okay, that Pretty doesn't. Good, Cam. The That's... NCAA's own competition committee recommends twenty-five percent or more for all their championships. So yeah, sixty-eight is a lot, Cam. But sixty-eight of three hundred and sixty-two is not a lot. That's the whole point. The whole the point is that it is far more exclusive a field than we are giving it credit for. And it's not a bad thing, I don't think, based and, on and the composition. J- but to Jay Bills's point, every. Every single team has access to that tournament, unlike the college football playoff or other. You know, all you have to do is win your conference tournament. Is it the easiest thing to do? No, not necessarily. But literally, every single team. Right now, I went to Fordham. They are mm-hmm. the f- bottom of the A10, the fourth lowest team in the A10. If they win the A10 tournament, they are going to the NCAA tournament. Right. Every single team, all whatever you said, 330 teams have the same access, which is what Jay's point is. Right. So. I, I get what you're saying with the 20%, but in reality, 100% have access to the NCAA tournament. I don't understand the access point at all. Do, do you, like, yes, that- the access is you can play your way in regardless of any other circumstances because every conference has an automatic bid, mm-hmm. and if you receive it, then you can get into the tournament. So no one is excluded from having a chance to be in the tournament, whereas in college football, the point well, that uh, Bubba is making is, um, who was the team? Was it Central Florida? Who, who was the team that, that that had the perfect season a few yeah, years UCF, ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. UCF, and didn't have a chance to play. That that doesn't exist in well, college basketball. Well, of course. Basketball. I mean, college, it's, c- comparing anything to college football is is apples to oranges at best because in college football, the talent is so much more concentrated and because they play a dozen games. I mean, these teams are playing... 30-something games, and we've already jumped the shark by making the tournament field as, as large as it is. The regular season, Greeny, would be greatly enhanced by my idea, not just because you have the ability, the desire to go for one of those top 16 teams to net yourself a win, but because now you've opened up the opportunity to make the tournament for like 60 or 70 other teams. So when an average team from the Big 12 is playing another average team from the Big 12 in the middle of January, there's a really good chance that the winner of that game is going to have a better chance of making the tournament than the loser of that game. Yeah, so you're, it, it makes more games matter. And, and that's the whole point of the right. regular season. If we're trying to make more regular season games matter, you're not losing in any way by expanding the tournament. Yeah, more regular, scenes, more regular season games matter. Do they matter less? That's, it's an interesting question. I have an even better one. Hmm. I have an even better question that I will ask you next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. The ESPN Bet is now live. As the official sportsbook of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities like me. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. I want to say one other thing before I get to the question. I, I just want to say a few words about the great Richard Lewis. I don't know if he's someone you were a fan of, Hembo. I don't know that humor is much up your alley. Um, Richard Lewis was a combination of insightful, fascinating, incredibly intelligent, and ridiculously funny. The whole world sort of rediscovered him recently, and by recently, I guess I mean over the last 15 or so years, because of his his appearance on, on Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, with whom he was best friends basically for their entire lives. But I'm old enough to remember when he was a, a touring comic who wasn't all that well-known and then started being very well-known, and then he did a terrific sitcom in the 80s with Jamie Lee Curtis called Anything But Love, and he became a really big star. And I bought an album of his once, uh, a CD, that I listened to all the time. I remember when I was working in Chicago and I would have to drive out. So when I lived in Chicago, I covered the Bears, whose training camp is in Lake Forest, which is really far away. It, it's, um, you know, it's a good, with absolutely no traffic, it's 45 minutes or so. And there's never no traffic on those expressways in Chicago. So I must have listened to that CD 500 times, just driving in traffic and listening. And it's one of the funniest things you'll ever hear in your life. And then, of course, you know, his, his sort of renaissance on on Curb Your Enthusiasm late in his life. And um, I did come to know him a little bit. We became so many people nowadays, this is how you find them, is we became sort of Twitter buddies. He was a huge sports fan, huge. Knicks, uh, in particular Rangers, uh, enormous fan, and, and, and as is Larry David. And so they shared that. And <clears throat> so Richard Lewis and I would DM each other from time to time, just sports stuff. In fact... I looked at it yesterday when I heard that he had died. I heard from him on February 12th. It's just two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, and, and just a perfectly normal, nothing out of the ordinary note. So I don't have any idea if he knew this was coming. I, really, I know that he had Parkinson's. I really don't know the circumstances surrounding his death. I thought Larry David's statement about him was beautiful. Did you see it? Yeah, I'm reading it, it now. It was absolutely beautifully said and so very much... 
uh, in the character of, of who they are and of what their relationship was. So there isn't much I can say. You know, uh, he was 76 years old. He lived a wonderful life. That isn't quite as long as some people get, but it's a long, full life. And he achieved great success and hopefully found lots of, of happiness and joy in it, despite the character that he played on stage. He played this, uh, his, his, his persona as a comedian, and I really don't know to what degree this was how he actually was as a person, but was like the most neurotic uh, character maybe ever. And I've always related to that. There's, there, there's always been a part of me that was that, particularly when I was younger. I was a lot more like that, I think, than I am now. So... I think I always particularly related to Richard Lewis's comedy, and it was very smart, super smart. He was incredibly intelligent, um, again, and insightful, and at times dark, but always in a funny way. Um, and at least in my very limited experience, a very nice guy, very kind person. He came out to Mike and Mike and did the show one time, so I remember spending a little time with him. I'm not, not going to sit here and tell you I knew him well. I didn't, um, but I really liked him. And, and actually, Bubba and I were exchanging texts yesterday about something else entirely. And I had been doing draft prep sitting at the table for a couple of hours. And, and, and I had not checked news or anything. So, Bubba, you just sort of texted me. Did you see what about the news about Richard Lewis? So that's how I heard about it. And, Bubs, yeah. I will tell you, I was knocked over. Like, really, yeah, I, I, it's hard to explain. Like, some things just bowl you over, you know? Like, some famous people... It really feels like you've lost a member of the family, and I, I can't really put it into better terms than that. Again, I, he was not sure. someone I knew well, but boy, did that – it hit me much harder than I would have expected Bubs yesterday, right? And it started right when you – Yeah, no, really I'm, I, same me. thing for me. I got I, Liam and Nuno told me in a, in a group text, I didn't see it either, and I, when I first heard it, I was like legitimately you know, sad. Like Obviously, when anyone – dies you're going to be like oh that's too bad but like I, as far as the celebrity people die i was you know up as sad as you could be i couldn't believe it you know and curve is one of my favorite shows of all time and uh you know it's tough to say who's your favorite everyone's just so funny on that but i mean anytime richard was in one of the scenes you knew it was just going to be just so funny and i i just recently rewatched you know robin hood uh with, with my with my friends and he was just so good in that and uh, yeah, I remember he was on. I'm looking back. He was on with Mike and Mike in 2014, 2015, and yeah, he was just such a big sports fan, huge Ohio State guy, and he, he was just just so funny. And yeah, I, I was just yeah legit legit sad yesterday for so long and talking to my friends and um and yeah when I when I told you I I could just tell how how down you were as well and he was just he was just the best. Yeah, I was taken aback. So there's not much more you can say. Um, you know, except rest in peace, Richard, and and thank you for all the laughs. And that guy made me laugh more times, as many times in my life as practically anyone. And there probably isn't anything much more valuable that a person can do for you than that. So thank you, Richard Lewis. And, and I think a lot of the world shares that sentiment. Okay, let's go on from there. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Let me ask you a question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. So Hembo has presented his expanding college basketball idea, and I have presented my all-star game deciding home court advantage in the NBA finals idea. If one but not both of those ideas could be enacted, Cam, which would you be in favor of? Uh, the NBA Finals home court advantage, but that's obviously much less of an overhaul of the current format. So I would say that one, but uh, I think they're a little bit different in in terms of how they would go. See, NBA 
home court advantage is an interesting one. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, the Greeny plan, uh, as, as it was known in baseball for 15 years or so, in 2002, when the baseball all-star game ended in a tie, uh, a young, at that time, emerging, brilliant sports talk show host named Mike Greenberg came on the air the following day and said, it doesn't make any difference that this game ended in a tie. People are just creating outrage where none belongs. No one would have cared if the American League won. No one would have cared if the National League won. Here's an idea. If you want to make the All-Star game matter, give home field advantage in the World Series to the league that wins. And of course, that's exactly what they did because it was brilliant. Now, we have an NBA All-Star game that the world wants to get rid of. It's incredible how much people hate that game. For a game that you have the option of turning off. Like, I'm always fascinated by people who are so offended by this game's existence. It's To me, these are the same people who get offended that there are so many college football bowl games. Why are there all these bowl games? I don't need a bowl game on December 22nd, December 23rd. Fine. I would understand being upset about that if we were at gunpoint forcing you to watch them, but you have all the optionality in the world. Watch it if you want to. Don't watch it if you don't. People are startlingly upset by the way they handled the All-Star game this year. They're like offended to their souls. I found myself thinking, boy, this isn't entertaining at all, and I found something else to watch, and that was the end of the day. But if we indeed believe this to be a problem... A very simple solution would be award home court advantage in the NBA Finals to the team, the league, the conference that wins the All-Star game. And I'll tell you why it's not that crazy. How much better, you do numbers better than anyone I know, how would you use numbers to illustrate how much better the Western Conference is this year than the Eastern Conference? How would one determine that? I'll pull up a list for you using the metrics that I care about, but this year especially, there's a chasm between the two. A chasm, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to call up the standings right now. I should have had this ready. Stand by. I'm calling up the standings right now. The Boston Celtics uh, are 46-12. and The Minnesota Timberwolves are 42-17. and So the Celtics have the best record in the NBA. Minnesota, OKC are both behind them being one and two in the West. Is it harder to win? Let's just say that Boston winds up winning 64 games and Minnesota winds up winning 62 or Denver winds up winning 62 or OKC or whoever. It doesn't matter. Which is actually the more impressive record based upon the uneven schedule they play? The, what, the, what, the, what the team in the West accomplished or what the team in the East accomplished? Uh, what the team in the West accomplished is harder. But they're not going to have home court advantage because the league just assigns that to the team with the better record as though they all play the same schedule. So what I'm saying is the idea that you find another way to do it isn't so crazy. It isn't so crazy. So if you want to make the All-Star game matter, there's a suggestion. So BPI, our basketball power index, says that nine of the 12 best teams in the NBA this season are in the Western Conference. That, that's beyond just... How good you are, it's also how good you are in relation to who you play. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you, just, like you just articulated. I would, I would rather go back to the old baseball format where you just alternate year over year, though, because it's not always going to be the case that one conference is disproportionately better than another. So I understand your schedule point, and it's a good one. And it's, actually, it's something we should explore further. But the idea of giving such an important thing in the sport for which it's the most important of all over one exhibition game strikes me as being 
too much of an overreach based upon how important it is to have home court advantage. Yeah, you said that yesterday, but that's not really a good reason. You're saying, I don't like this idea because I just don't like it. You're not giving me a reason why it's bad. You don't have a better suggestion. What would be better about just alternating it from year to year? Every year, one conference or the other is going to be at least slightly right. better. So why not just say alternating it is certainly no better well, than my idea. The problem is that you're just as random. But you're assuming the players are going to care. Well, I think some of the players will care. If if you're a player who thinks you might win the championship this year, I assume you don't think Jason Tatum would play a little harder in the fourth quarter of the All-Star game if he knew it's going to mean home court advantage in the finals? Honestly, there's nothing nothing about these NBA players that would surprise me. I'm not sure that they would actually care. I think if you promised me somehow, some way, that it would be a highly competitive game, I'm honestly... Did the baseball players care? Moderately, did the baseball players care more in the All Star Game once they attached that to it? That's hard to say. I mean, there was fifteen. They did it for fifteen years and they went away from it. The, the problem with baseball is that every team has to get an All Star and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So you've got a lot of All Stars who don't have anything whatsoever to do, and they all get to play an inning. I mean, the, the, the baseball's All Star Game isn't the same thing. In basketball's All Star Game, they play it like they play a regular game. You have some rotation. Mm-hmm. You have your best players on the court at the end, the biggest stars, as opposed to. Like the least famous person batting at the end of the baseball right. All Star game. No, I, look, I'm, the most famous people are on the court in the fourth quarter of the All Star game if it's close. <laughs> shooting the ball from sixty feet away, though. <laughs> well, but they might not be if if home court advantage. There might also be some peer pressure in that. Like if you're sure. if you're Nikola Jokic, you might say to Luca, "Hey, man, take this seriously. I want home court advantage I'm, in the finals." Look, I'm I'm not poo pooing your idea. I'm you're intri- poo pooing. I'm I'm intrigued by it. I feel you are a poo pooer. Here's the thing: this is really important. Like, who gets home court advantage in the NBA Finals is very predictive. That's more, more, all the more reason why my idea is good. We're giving it right now to the wrong team. We're, we're giving, we're, this year, Boston is going to wind up. Right. What, what does our basketball power index say about who the best team in the NBA is? Well, it says that Boston is. In, in, in this case, it says that Boston is, but there will obviously be a year in which the best team doesn't have the best record for the reasons that you are. My point is, if the Celtics played in the Western Conference... Is the suggestion that they would win as many games as they're going to win in the Eastern Conference? That's the well. It, it, it is to say they would still be the best team in that conference. But, but that's they not, would not, that's win not as what I'm asking games. you. If they were in the other conference, because mm-hmm. we don't determine this by who the best team is, right? We determine it by the record. Mm-hmm. So if you put them in the Western Conference and the Cavaliers, who are right now second, won the Eastern Conference, the Cavaliers would wind up getting home court advantage in the NBA Finals. It's a good point, but I think a better remedy to it would be to better balance the schedules and not to make the All Star Game but all you of a can't sudden better, load it up. Because geog- geographically speaking, you can't. There are already there are so many factors that go into making the NBA schedule. They're bending over so far mm-hmm. backwards to keep from playing back to back nights and traveling. And they just can't. You cannot have, uh, you know, Golden State playing Miami more than it's twice. You just can't. No, do I get it. it. I get it for a travel reason. My idea is actually, Bubba. My idea is not that bad. As I mean, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying it. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, no, I, I would side with your idea because I mean, to me, I'm looking at the NCAA tournament as something that doesn't need fixing. We, we all enjoy. It. I mean. But we look at the All-Star game, it's a, it's a disaster. <laughs> it needs resuscitated. Yeah, the All-Star game is a complete disaster, and this is a way that potentially could make it hopefully and correct better. correct me if I'm wrong, Bubba, didn't, didn't Jalen Brunson just suggest this? Yes. Yeah. That's how it came up. Okay, yeah, got, it, got, it, got it, Jalen Brunson suggested that's okay. I, 
I, I wish he you referenced hadn't said the that. baseball. Yeah. I'm really trying to make this out like it's my idea, and and the truth is Jalen Brunson said it. Um, but he referenced the base as the baseball. He referenced an the greenie rule, right? So he referenced you know, the greenie rule, sort of, you know. It is the greenie rule. We also played his sound on this show, so it's not like we're hiding from the fact that he said it too too much. That's true. I don't remember doing that. We did. It was like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. it was we did this week. It. I was looking something up at the time. I I'm guess sure. so. <laughs> Most likely. I, I, I guarantee you Bubba wasn't listening. One way the- <laughs> I remember it well. Uh, who's coming in there? What, what, what is, what this is, is Nick. Oh. Nick's here for some trivia. Nick's here for, for trivia. trivia. Oh, Nick is here for trivia? Let's go. All right. Yeah. So Nick, who earned a hashtag with his performance in trivia last week, what is he, 6-1? and 5-1. and 5-1. and wow. one. A chance to be 6-1. and one. That was a tour de force. An absolutely brilliant performance. <laughs> Could have used him earlier, too, with that father question. Well, I really liked that question. For those of you who weren't with us, Hembo had the question. Name the four NFL players who were first-round picks whose fathers are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We got Kellen Winslow Jr. I guessed Clay Matthews, which turns out to be wrong. I had the wrong Matthews brother. It was Jake Matthews (laughs) who would have applied. And then in what can only be described as hugely embarrassing, we forgot about Chris and Kyle Long the sons of well, it was Long. it was Clay's cousin, not his brother. Obviously, it was Clay's. What did I say? Brother. It was the other brother, though. No, no, no. no. It was the other, uh, the o- the older generation. They were brothers. Is what the I'm uncle. saying. It was Clay Senior and Bruce who are brothers. Right. That's that, that's who are brothers. And a lot of Matthews. So that's what in I mean by family. the wrong brother. One one way or another. Anytime you're getting a family question. The Matthews yeah. have so many people in the NFL. Right? Yeah. It's and unbelievable. Good family. That's a great football playing family. All right, Greeny, uh, reminding you that starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. And speaking of that. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Very simple, a very simple question here. Who owns the Giants record, the New York Giants record, for touchdown passes in a single season? The Giants single season record holder for touchdown passes. That's the question. No Googling answer next to ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I'm sort of embarrassed to admit, it didn't occur to me till just now that it's leap day, that today's February 29th. Like, we went the whole show and I didn't even point it out or say it. I'm fascinated by leap day birthdays. You know I'm not a big fan of birthdays in general for adults. But I do think the idea of your birthday being a day that only happens once every four years is a Bubba is a fascinating idea, right? And is our buddy Taylor Twelman? Do I have that right? Is his birthday today? That is correct. He's eleven. <laughs> He's eleven. <laughs> and Tyrese Halliburton turned six today. Tyrese Halliburton today. And you told who'd you tell me? Uh, from Law and Peter Order. Peter Scanavino. That's right. He's Carisi. Great I love show. that guy. He looks a little like Orlovsky. You ever think that that, hmm. that I've never seen Carisi and Orlovsky in the same room at the same time? They look alike. Do you ever do you watch SVU? I, my wife does, so I do see. I love that show. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Well I have, done. I have, I have only one one celebrity crush. And it is Mariska Hargitay. I love her. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was Peter Scaravino. No, it's not Peter Scaravino. I like him a lot, too. Oh, I love Mariska Hargitay. Mariska Hargitay. Um, uh, have, have you met her? The guy, no. Um, oh, my God. Rinaldi. Tom Rinaldi was the best man in her wedding. Wow. She married his best friend. What How about a, that? What a speech he must have delivered. Yeah, <laughs> a little piano tinkle behind it. Can you imagine you know, the tears story. that were shed? Exactly I'm down right. here on the sideline. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, so we got to get to the question. And then we have to have a word with Pineapple Jack. Go ahead. Uh, who owns the New York Giants record for touchdown passes in a single season? Based on this being called Sneaky Hembo, I have what I think is a really good guess. Bubba, who do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. With it being sneaky, I... I feel like the obvious ones, like, all right, is it Eli? Is it Phil Sims? I can't imagine it's it's those. So I'm going to go back to my youth, and I'm going to go with the Penn State man, Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins. Cam. Wow. Y.A. Tittle. Okay, that's mine. Y.A. Tittle is also who I'm guessing. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, it's Y.A. Tittle. <laughs> Nick, is, Nick is a Giants fan. What's, Great I am. What's my record? Uh, Pineapple Jack, what, what's your guess? I'm just hoping you're going for the double cross. I'm saying Eli Manning. Okay, and and well, I have a feeling Nick does. He's not guessing. He knows this. Yeah, Nick's right. Yeah, the answer. Woo! Nick, you are the man. Hashtag Nick. We, we have to retire his number. The conviction with which he delivered that answer was vicious. And not to mention the baritone in your voice. I don't recall you having had that when you were working on the show last week, but you really went down to a different. He register. was nervous last week. <laughs> yeah, I, let, I was confident in this one. You've got listen to the pipes on this kid. Yeah, it's why. Tittle. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Tittle. Did you know Tittle had the uh, touchdown record until Marino broke it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I read a book. That he wrote a biography or an autobiography called, I think it was called Why a Tittle I Pass or something like that, which I remember reading as a kid. 
Um, so I remember reading a lot about YA Tittle, and that's why I figured at Sneaky Hembo, the answer was going to be, it's not going to be Phil Simms, it's not going to be Eli Manning, it's not going to be any of the obvious Surprise, ones you Surprise, none of you think. guessed uh, Fran Tarkenton. He's up there. He was a giant for a few years. Uh, mo- people generally remember him as a Viking. Actually, he as a giant is before my times. I mean, so obviously so is Y.A. Tittle. <laughs> but I don't remember him as a giant. I'm aware that he played for the Giants, of course, but I, I only remember him as a Viking. By the time I was alive, the, Jets, the Giants quarterbacks were like Joe Pisarczyk. Was was the quarterback there? And, Miracle at the Meadowlands. Yeah. He had some bad years. Well, that's his most famous play, unfortunately, for him. In the meantime, we were going to do a lot of other things at this point. And then Pineapple Jack walked in. Bubba and Cam, can you see what Jack is wearing? Oh, God. It's a big jersey. So, sort so of a Rangers jersey. Jack like. is wearing, what, what is the player, who, what player's jersey uh, is it? Panarin. He's wearing Panarin. So Jack is a, a, an adult male who woke up this morning and got dressed to go to work, go to a place where he works, and put on a huge hockey sweater. I mean, (laughs) he looks like this is something that you received if you were eight years old and you just got for your birthday because Panarin is your favorite player. And you said, I think I'll go to work dressed like this today. (laughs) And I really want to get inside that thinking, Jack. Like, what, what thoughts went through your mind as you selected that of whatever other options you may have had. Yeah, well, I mean, I just got the jersey after the Stadium Series game last week. Uh, a good win last night. I liked the jersey, so I decided to wear it. And as I expressed to you guys during the break, <sighs> I don't exactly work at you know Goldman Sachs. Uh, I'm not going to no, be wearing a suit No, nor do I think that is in your future. I, I think it's very unlikely. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it fits the environment. I work at ESPN. It's a sports company. I, I, yeah. I'm dressing for it. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess. You I know, mean, I don't see. I, like I'm if looking they were around playing the in Game Seven of the Cup Finals tonight, <laughs> it's not even the playoffs. They don't I even play tonight. <laughs> they don't even play tonight. They don't even play tonight. Yeah, it just it just strikes me as a like. So you went to the Stadium Series. Was their game Saturday or Sunday? I know they uh, played. It was Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, that was Sunday. Yeah, you bought the jersey then. No. When did you buy the jersey? Uh this past week. It came in two days ago. Okay. It also looks like something that you expect that you're going to grow into. If I, well, <laughs> hockey jerseys are generally large. I like the mock turtleneck under it, too. Thank you. Also, follow-up question. When, when we were giving you a hard time about this in the break, Cam, Bubba, Nick, he said, I wouldn't wear this to work if I was in a less forward-facing position. Um, this is someone who's on TV every single day behind me on Get Up, and we put him on this show every day. So, Jack... What do you consider forward-facing to be? Yeah, people at Goldman Sachs are not seen by as many people as you are every single day. You could be Lloyd Blankfein. He's no longer the CEO. Whoever the CEO, I forget the name of the CEO, Solomon, I think, Richard Solomon. Richard Solomon, when he testifies in front of Congress, is not seen by as many people as see you David every Solomon. morning. What is it? David Solomon. David Solomon. It's one of the Solomons. I knew it was. <laughs> the point of it is, the point of it is, when he is called in front of t- Congress to testify, fewer people watch that than yeah. watch you every morning when yeah. Hembo's trivia question is being answered on Get Up. And so that is the definition of forward facing. Well, I mean, I'd love to consider myself an on-air talent. I don't really think I've elevated to that yet. I'm more set-dressing than anything. I don't have a speaking role in Get Up. So Also, he's literally facing away from the camera when yeah, they exactly. go to the That's true. You have a backwards-facing yeah. so role. It is the opposite <laughs> yeah. of forward-facing. Yeah, he has a backwards-facing role uh, on Get Up, and which... <laughs> 
Um, frankly, is, I think probably explains uh, mm. how good What's our your ratings have been. Um, well, one way or another, I just think it's like I'm not. Well, I guess I am somewhat critical. So I will say this, and they hate it when I tell the story. But there are two brothers who handle all my money. We've talked about them before, Mark and Jason. Mm. They are at uh, at Morgan Stanley, which is another place, Jack, that I, I don't think <laughs> no. I don't think Not is in your cards. future. And they handle all of my money, literally. Like if they if they were to lose every money, every cent they have invested, I would have no money. And um, they are crazy Giant fans, crazy New York Giant fans. They're from Long Island and are crazy fans of the Giants. So we're in Indianapolis. The Giants are playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, the second of the Giant Patriot Super Bowls. And we have dinner at St. Elmo's. They, you know, the three of us have dinner there. And they say, hey, we want to come by the show tomorrow. And, and, uh, and when Mike and I would do the show, it was very public. And there was all this security. And so, like, everyone couldn't just walk right up to us. So I said, no problem. When you get there, text me. And I'll have a security guard bring you in. So they come. It's the Friday morning of Super Week. We've got... God knows how many people are there to watch. This was the pinnacle of Mike and Mike. We're as, as popular as we ever were. There's a trillion people there watching us do our show live. And I get a text from the brothers saying, yeah, we're here. And I turn around and Mark is in an Eli Manning jersey and Jason is in a Michael Strahan. No, no. In um, who was the other guy? Justin Tuck jersey. And I hesitated before I told security to let them in. <laughs> And I introduced them to Golik, and I was like, yeah, these are the guys who invest all of my money for me. These two schmucks who are standing here wearing giant jerseys amongst all these people. So just, I guess, on some level, you could say it's worked out for them. Jack, maybe it'll work out for you. Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. Uh, On behalf of all of us, including Panarin and Pineapple Jack, we'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.